Welcome, welcome to another First Impressions podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about Jane Austen and give a big middle finger to all the haters. Ooh. This is Maggie. I am, of course, joined by the hostess with the mostest, Kristen. Hello. And we are back to do the second part of our Regency Days role-playing game. We had a lot of fun doing the first part. We hope you all enjoyed it. And we liked it so much, we decided to keep going to end the story. So Kristen and I are back with our friends, Selvi. Hello. And Priya. Hey, hey. And we're going to finish telling you the tale of the Kensington Ball. So before we get right into it, I think a brief recap is probably necessary. Selvi is going to tell you a little bit about what happened. And then uh, Kristen, myself, and Priya, we will recap for you our characters and where we left off. And then we'll jump right into it. So Selvi, why don't you take it off? So Lady Kensington is a wealthy woman who lives on a estate called Trowbridge near the town of Heathford. And every year she hosts a ball. But this year, because of her ill health, she is not able to take on all the hostess duties all by herself. So she has enlisted several young ladies from good families in the neighborhood to come and assist her. She did not give specific instructions (laughs) about the priorities for the ball. So our young ladies have come together to decide uh, what is necessary, uh, what is secondary, and what is inconsequential. Uh, To give a little bit of background about the game we're playing, this is a modification of a role-playing game called School Days by Tracy Barnett. School Days is a rules-light system with minimal dice rolling, so it's really great to pick up if you are a first-time role-playing gamer. It really draws from shared experiences. So School Days is designed originally to draw from the shared experience of high school. But it is excellent, in my opinion, to be modified to shared experiences, including a certain genre, uh, like Jane Austen uh, or a certain author, uh, or a specific movie or TV series. So uh, I thought that this would be a great um, game to modify for the purposes of this podcast. The basics of school days is that everyone has a, a specialty, which we call an accomplishment, and a few traits that either assist or hinder them in certain tasks. Uh, whenever there is something that is a significant task uh, to accomplish, that will be resolved by rolling a six-sided die and adding and subtracting modifiers as needed. You also might have situational pluses or minuses uh, based on your past actions and role-playing. And for more information about how the system works, I guess I would refer people back to the first podcast where we (laughs) went into a lot of detail about that. Uh, I think next we will have the young ladies introduce themselves And then I can loop back about where the story has gone so far. Does that sound like a good idea? Sure. Uh, This is Maggie, so I'll just go ahead and kick us off. I'm playing a character called Anne Popplewell. She grew up in the neighborhood of Trowbridge. She spent a lot of time there as a child. She has gone off to school for about three years and has just come back. Um, My accomplishment is dancing. 
My traits are amiable, charming, and brave. So basically I'm playing myself and a total Gryffindor, which I just realized. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my guess, I'll just say my little goal for the, to win quote the game would be to throw an awesome ball. Well, um, I'll go next. Uh, This is Priya. Um, I don't know if you remember from the last time, this is my first time playing a role-playing game. So I'm really excited to finish the story out. Uh, But um, I am playing Constancia Gate, whose traits are forthright and gothic in that I like a little drama, a little, I see creepiness and darkness around every corner. Um, and then my accomplishment is reading, which should not be a surprise considering. <laughs> I am the ward of Engelbrook, who is a dear family friend of the Kensington, but I am convinced that Lady Kensington is my mother. Um, and I'm slowly realizing that Lord Kensington is also my father, but I was born out of wedlock. And at some point, Lady Kensington wandered over to the south of France for nine months before she got married, had me and Lord Engelbrook became, like, found me in an orphanage. And I think I think that's where we left me, is that I helped with some of the cooking um, to make sure that the food was ready. And I approached Lady Kensington to get her to admit, and she sort of rebuffed me because she's not ready to admit it. And so I think for me, winning is to get her to acknowledge my existence. And and I'm okay with it not being public. I just want to have that part of my life set so I can move on. And I think that's where we left me. Okay, so Kristen? So I am Calliope Sandright. Uh, I am niece to Lady Kensington. I am the daughter of her younger brother, which means my father is the... um, Clergyman on the estate. So I've lived her here my whole life. But um, I am currently involved in a romance with the young curate of the parish, James Fraser. So we've got grown very close. And I have an older brother that, who became a poet, Jonathan Sandright. Um, but he has eloped scandalously with another young woman who is of ill repute. My cousin, Lord Elias. Um, is someone who I've clearly known my whole life, but haven't had much interaction with until now because he's just older and richer and so much more important. So you're, but so you have to say what your win goals are, Kristen. I think my win goal is to get married, right? To like, so you're basically have, in a love triangle. I'm in a love triangle, and my win goal is to resolve a love triangle. Okay. Living the dream. With your cousin. <laughs> You're in a love triangle with your cousin. But it's cool because it's Regency days. <laughs> oh, and my, uh, that's right. Yes, it's all cool because it's Regency days. And my traits are that I am charming and compassionate. And I have another skill that is rhetoric. And I also am very knowledgeable in music. When we last left our intrepid group of young ladies, uh, they and their sometimes foil, sometimes sidekick, Miss Ashworth, oh my God. <laughs> who has oh my been God. described at times as a, a posh fishmonger's voice, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have accomplished quite a lot. We did. Planning for the ball. They have uh, addressed and sent out invitations, including sneaking in an invitation to a certain James Fraser. I mean, have you seen him, though? He's hot. <laughs> He's hot. Uh, they have also uh, worked out with the uh, cook at uh, Trowbridge. 
that uh, the menu for the evening. They have secured some talented yet shabby musicians from the uh, from the town of Heathford uh, and cleaned them up a little bit, made them a little bit more respectable uh, enough for the ball. Um, I think that you all agreed that because of the resources you had, you were going with the theme of a country dance. Yes, this was my big idea because who doesn't love a themed party, right? Right. So we just double down on the theme of a country (laughs) and then what it actually get away with like rustic decorations. We I had just come up with that at the end of the session. We hadn't really discussed it among the characters, but we can do that. So those were your two priorities, the food and the music. And then secondarily, oh, and the invitations were also in there. And then secondarily, I think you need to work on the decorations. Mm -hmm. And also, if I am not mistaken, none of you ladies have made preparations for your own gowns. We were going to, but then Miss Ashworth remembered her father planned a dinner party the same night as the ball, and I had to drag her ass back she home. The 27th was not the 27th. Well, she had thought it was the end of the month, and then it was close to the beginning of the month. So basically, <laughs> she's a big dummy. Yeah. But she's hilarious. So played very well by Selby. <laughs> I think that is more or less where you are. Obviously, there was a lot more detail Mm -hmm. in developing our characters. I think everyone did a really great job of embodying their traits and bringing forth their accomplishments to to complete, uh, in school days terms, the group project, uh, in Regency days terms, the the ball planning, so. And for details, we'll refer you to the two hour previous episode. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, just bathe in it. Uh, So. This is actually day four. Okay. Uh, And I think I'm going to try to throw some more complications your way on this day for you to deal with uh, as we go forward. But um, let's let's, uh, let you all set the scene. You know what what you have accomplished so far. You know what needs to be done next. So why don't you all have a a prom committee meeting and, uh, and hash it out. Are we the next SR? Uh, sure. Are we, are any of the other characters with us? Would you like any of the other characters to be there? It is anyone, but Miss Ashworth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so in, in, <clears throat> in school days and in Regency days, I think that it's important to remember the GM sets some of the scene, but the players are encouraged to bring in anything that they would consider reasonable for the genre for a person or a setting or an event to happen or be there, right? Okay. Well, I think we haven't heard a lot from Lawrence Kensington, mm-hmm. so it might be useful to have him in the room for breakfast. Sure. Just so we can hear a little bit more about him. Kristen, would this be a formal sit-down breakfast or would characters kind of wander through and grab off the sideboard? What do you think is appropriate here? I suspect it would be a formal sit-down breakfast just because that's what I've always seen in the movies. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, so we are at breakfast with the family. Uh, let's say Lady Kensington is not there because she's still feeling poorly. No. She slept in. She can't right. face me. Oh, <laughs> Uh, she has been taken porridge, okay. a simple, 
uh, porridge uh, for her delicate stomach. And uh, Mr. Collins has prepared it himself. Oh, that's Very the butler. Dedicated uh, butler to the family for many years. And the maid has has taken it upstairs uh, to uh, to Lady Kensington. Okay, so the three of us, Miss Ashworth, Lawrence, and probably Elias too, where you have all sat down to breakfast. Sure. All right. So ladies, uh, it's now only three days from the ball and we still have to secure decorations and our own dresses. How should we proceed? Well, maybe we should start by talking about this, this theme you discussed. Oh, uh, yes. A, a country dance. What did you have in mind? Lawrence uh, laughs into his tea or whatever he's drinking. He kind of snorts. <laughs> this is not unnoticed by me. Well, I think it's a perfectly lovely suggestion. What better way to utilize what we have and not have to apologize for anything we don't have than to set a theme that helps set expectations? Very economical of you, my dear, uh, says Lord Elias with a hint of approval because we know he's a bit of a skinflint. Well, we've also spent a fuck ton of money already. <laughs> what do you think we should worry about first, ladies? Decorations or our gowns? Side note, was it inappropriate for him to call you my dear? I don't think so. You guys have known each other since childhood. Yeah, I've been hanging out there a lot. Okay. So if it had been inappropriate, someone would have like... Thrown you could coffee. Have, I mean, case. if you want, you could have Miss Ashworth titter at it or something like that. Sure. I picture him just... I mean, he's not that old, but I still picture him like reading a newspaper <laughs> and like barely paying attention. Yeah, to yeah, what very good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> well, I, so... I think the the cost, not the cost, I mean, the dresses could be dealt with quite easily because as we discussed last night, each of us brought some of our own finery with us and we just need a little bit of embellishment. I don't know if we have time necessarily today to go back into town mm. to Nelson's? To Nelson's, I believe was the store, uh, to get some more frippery for our bonnets. Uh, what do you think? Mm. Well... I just had a gown commissioned at Nelson's not two weeks ago for my father's dinner party, but I suppose I won't be needing that. <laughs> <laughs> Will that be appropriate for a ball, do you think, if it was merely for a dinner party? Oh, well, I just love to go all out, so I do believe it will quite be suited for this occasion as well. <laughs> Lawrence is outright laughing at this point, but like trying to hide it under his hand. Anne looks at Lawrence, shares a look, and they both kind of laugh together and acknowledge that they both find her ridiculous. Okay, good. good. Warm and fuzzies. Uh, Miss Sandride, what do you think we should do? Well, I agree that the decorations make the dance. And so I think that we should be focusing on the decorations before our toilets. I think a visit to Mr. Collins might be in order, ladies. He'll probably have some good suggestions for us. Maybe perhaps there are things around the house we could use to save time and, of course, money. She looks at Elias, who is buried behind his newspaper, and would be easier to help with the time restraints we have. Now, no, now, Lord Elias says, Collins is Collins is a busy man, and I and I, I hate to take his attention too far away from his uh, frankly more important duties of uh, <laughs> managing the kitchen. Lord Kensington, you have my word; we will not interfere with the daily operations of the house. 
Plus, I'd like to see Collins again. It's been a while since I was able to say hello to him. You know, he and I spent a great deal of time together when I was here as a child. Harumph. <laughs> Smoothed over with our <laughs> man with my charm. <laughs> so perhaps once we're done eating, we will all go find Mr. Collins to discuss decorations. That sounds lovely. And I should also add that I feel that seasonal decorations are highly appropriate Ooh. when it comes to a dance, including turning the whole room into a bower of flowers and loveliness. Oh, I was thinking more bales of hay, but I suppose <laughs> flowers could work as well. Lauren says, why not bring the horses in from the stables while you're at it? <laughs> Questions, Lawrence. Would you like to join our discussion with Mr. Collins? Oh, uh, I fear that I have another matter. Oh, she looks very disappointed. Oh. Oh. Do you want to try to convince him? Yes, I would like to try to convince him. All right, let's let's roll for this. Okay. So how do you try to convince Lawrence to join you? I am going to, hmm, do I want to use charm or being amiable? I think I will try using amiable because I'm not actually trying to flirt with him. I'm mm -hmm. trying to be a good friend and rekindle our friendship. Okay. So I will say, are you sure, Lawrence? It would be so nice to have a male perspective and to spend more time together. That was still flirting, wasn't it? I can't help it, you guys. <laughs> it just had this is like Bay when he says we would chat on Facebook. He said I flirted shamelessly and I thought I was just being friendly. All right, I rolled a two plus one for amiable, but that's only three. So that is a failure. Yeah, and Lawrence, I, I also rolled for Lawrence, but I'm remembering that with school days, you just have to get a four or higher, mm -hmm. and that's a success with an NPC. So um, yes, you are very amiable. Uh, Lawrence continues to demure, and Miss Ashworth titters at you. Do I have a social oh. embarrassment? Um, yes, oh, actually. No. You do take a slight social embarrassment because uh, now it seems that uh, your, your previous relationship, your previous friendship with uh, Lawrence has been misinterpreted by some to be a uh, flirtation. Oh no. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, I can easily see how that was the case. I own that. Yeah, it's true. Um, um, like, I blush yeah. furiously at his lack of interest in, me in any way and look down into oh. my lap. It's okay, okay. We'll, we'll figure out a way for you to get around it. It's good. Okay. It's good. It, it means you're. Uh, Role-playing to your utmost. When you get an embarrassment, it means you're taking risks. <laughs> I'm so winning, really. You really are. am winning <laughs> by being humiliated. <laughs> okay. Wow, you guys, I win at life all the time. <laughs> Should I try to convince him? Do you Would think you want him there? Would you want Elias there? Yeah, actually, I would want Elias there. So maybe I should say something like, oh, gentlemen, we could do nothing without your in, in we could do oh nothing without your input as the men of the house. Why, why shall you not accompany us and talk to Collins with us? We're you know, you, you know, Lord Elias, you have the greatest of input with him. Okay. Uh, how about a, a role for, and how, how are you trying to, is that your rhetoric? It's my charmingness. It's your charmingness. Okay. 
So that is a little bit uh, flirty. Why don't you roll a d6? Or do you want me to roll for you? I, I don't have a d6, actually. Oh, no, Kristen. You can go online and get a d6 yeah, roller. Yeah. So if you go to Google and you say dice. Just do d6 roller and d6 it should pop roller. up. Yeah, and that's what I was doing. Okay, d6 roller. Random.org dice roller. Do you even RPG, girl? No, I, I don't at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the nice thing about school days is that it doesn't require the weird dice. Yeah, just go into your Monopoly game right. and pull out the die. <laughs> Which I will say, I did not realize that's what you meant when you said D6. Oh, oh my God, she's so cute. And so then it was like, when I used the Google one, I was like, oh, this is just a normal die. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that uh, on going listening to the podcast we did before is that these term these terms D. I'm sorry, dice, you're going to need a D12, right? <laughs> like the sided we because in Dungeons and Dragons we have so many different sided dice that so you have to specify D6, D8, D12, whatever. My die pouch right next to me probably has 20 dice in it. Yeah, of different shapes. Okay, did well, you find? Uh, yeah, I did. I rolled and I got a six. Oh, day oh. again. Here we go again. Mm. In case you don't remember, <laughs> Kristen has magic dice. I here. know. She took a- <laughs> <laughs> He's like a die luck succubus. That's <laughs> <laughs> luck or like a dementor. Well, you know, you guys can't see, so I could just be rolling sixes for the rest of my time here, and you would just have to take my word for it. I, uh, I would I be you. very suspicious. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to insult my honor by saying that I'm lying? I can throw my, my dueling gloves down at your feet. Throw <laughs> <laughs> them pretty far. Kristen rolled a six. Okay, Kristen rolled a six to convince Lord Elias to join them. Uh, and he makes some muttering about how he's a very busy man and such and such, but he doesn't outright say no. You know, he. It seems that that's as close to agreement as you'll probably get from this, this curmudgeon. <laughs> Your old curmudgeon. <laughs> He's probably. Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't wait to be married to this guy. Oh, have you already made up your mind? No, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> okay, so we continue to eat. Oh, these these biscuits are quite delicious. Yes. Mm. Um. So in this situation, who would announce a visitor? Would it be Mr. Collins? Yes. Okay, I think so. I mean, we can just make it up however we want. I don't think the like Regency cultural police are going to come after us. <laughs> would it be a would yeah. you, or like a footman? I don't know, Chris. I mean, I've already made up medical knowledge, so. <laughs> yeah, I think the butler's right. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Collins, uh, the man of your discussions, has come in, and uh, he announces that Sam Wright, Miss Sam Wright, has a visitor, a, a, a man who, who purports to be her brother, Jonathan. <gasps> oh, uh, Constancia and Anne and look at each other and shout. <gasps> right. And um, <laughs> and Calliope and I, I I look abashed and my color is high. Yet I do not betray a thing as I say. Thank you, Mister Collins. I will see him privately in the drawing room. I look very disappointed when she says <laughs> uh, very good, very good, Miss. And he he goes to show uh, Jonathan into the drawing room. Do you join him right away or? 
Um, maybe I, I take a moment to say to uh, all of my friends, dear friends, uh, please excuse me. This unexpected visitor has quite surprised me, but I shall rejoin you shortly for more discussions about the decorations. Uh, pray do not follow me. <laughs> the second she gets up and leaves, Constantia and Anne look at each other, push their chairs back, <laughs> run over to the door when she's behind it, and we are immediately listening. Uh, I would say that you probably, you know the house well enough. And she's gothic as fuck. So her stealth is amazing. I, <laughs> so I would say that you are doing something against uh, what uh, Calliope has requested. So I'm going to ask you both to roll. Okay. Um, I will give Priya a plus one for gothicness because this is a very sneakery thing to do. Uh, is there anything... Well, you could I say because of my familiarity with the house, I can negate my embarrassment, which would give me a minus one. So this is not a social issue. It's oh, like right. a physical thing. Okay, so just a oh, roll. Oh, can can we officially give me another quality? Oh, yeah, that's trait? right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were discussing. No, you're clumsy. You'll make a noise. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, why it made me so bad that I'm also gothic. Okay, <laughs> so you're taking hail? Yeah, so I'm going to take hail, which basically is um, I'm physically fit and stronger than most young ladies, which should come in handy with decorations, but I'm also clumsy and break things easily. Okay. She's going to tumble so, through a false panel. I'm going <laughs> to say that that, then that would cancel out your gothic okay. in this situation, and you're just gonna roll it okay. straight. I hope we make it because I really want to hear what they talk about. <gasps> three. Oh, I rolled a four, but you rolled a three. What does that mean? Okay. Well, well I was a success, and she's. Do I dictate then? What happens? I'm gonna say that after Calliope makes her nervous and steady way into the drawing room, you wait for two beats before following her, and flies down the hall that she has known so well for all her life and gets into the library moments uh, you know, after Calliope shuts the door to the drawing room. And there is a connecting door mm -hmm. uh, that you can listen through. Uh, I will say that Constancia, you know, while very uh, accomplished in this kind of sneakery, uh, at the last moment trips on her train and takes a small tumble in the hallway. Uh, taking a, a physical embarrassment because the maids definitely saw <laughs> and you uh, ripped your dress a little bit, <gasps> but you will be able to join Anne okay. in, because uh, I don't want you to be suffering that the, the consequence of not participating in the story. No. So uh, you will be able to join Anne just, you know, a few moments later and uh, Calliope being uh, preoccupied with her brother's sudden appearance does not notice the thump. <laughs> All right, so Calliope, upon entering the drawing room, and this is not something that you all would know right away, but you might discern in a moment. You see that Mr. Collins has been uh, quite discreet in that he has only announced your brother's presence Ooh. to the room and did not mention that Mr. and Mrs. Ooh. Jonathan Sandwright had come to call. Oh. So uh, uh, when we hear a, a woman's voice behind the door and they know her and they like, I think Mr. Collins is a conspiracy. 
I look at her like she's lost her. That is mind. very gothic, and I love everything about that. <laughs> um, please give yourself one tick towards getting a, another grace because you really embodied the gothicness this time. You what is it that Priya said? I didn't quite hear. Oh, I said, I think Mr. Collins is part of a conspiracy. <laughs> and I said, uh, because that very much embodied her gothic nature, I was going to give her, you know, half a point towards getting a, a grace. Nice. And basically, uh, to get a grace, you get a situational, like, one-use uh, bonus, and you have to get a couple of, do a couple of things to, to mm -hmm. earn that. So... Uh, Calliope, why don't you describe your brother and his wife to us? Because we don't know very much about them. Oh, my brother is as he ever was. Uh, he's he's dark. His brows are dark and heavy. He's swarthy, but he's been getting less sun lately, it seems. Uh, but he is, above all, devastatingly handsome. Uh, and with the soul of a poet shining out from his eyes. And he looks at me with such pride and such contentment because hanging on his arm is uh, a woman with hair as radiant gold as the sun and eyes of cornflower blue and really big boobs. And he's just so <laughs> and he's just so proud, clearly, of his new wife and her 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 incredible beauty. And that's what they look like. Calliope. We have just been told as as players, not necessarily as the characters, but have been told that she is somewhat disreputable, but we don't know the details of that. Do, do we just have that as rumor? Do you know why she's considered disreputable? Uh, or is it still a mystery? I know because they got married. Uh, they went to Gretna Green. Um, but my father's friend in London wrote to him about the whole affair. Apparently, they were the talk of the town for many weeks because he is from a good clergyman's family. And she is, uh, her father was in trade, in a very low trade. I'm trying to think what's a low trade and I can't come up with anything. Tanner, a butcher? Ugh. A butcher or something. But he, he's a very savvy businessman and he made great wealth. So yeah, she's not from any kind of stock at all. And it was also whispered that her virtue was sacrificed on the altar of his passion. So there's that rumor going around as well. So she wasn't disreputable until she hooked up with your brother. Maybe we should give her more of a reputation. I'm trying to think. Maybe she's... It sounds like some anti-feminist bullshit, right? <laughs> that because she married him, he's fine, but she has the ill repute. I mean, that's very Regency, though, yeah, it right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, why don't we say this? Why don't we say that he was already le living a very, I know this is before Bohemian was a thing, but a very artist's lifestyle with all his poet friends, and they did nothing but drink and gamble. And she was like, what if she was the serving wench who, who like, served him? At, at the um, bar. What if her father was a publican? And served him something else. <laughs> yes, she was serving all the men and was well known as their plaything. Oh. Whether that is true or not, we do not now, know. Now, yes. ladies listening at the door know... You said it was the talk of the town. It was the talk of London. So, yeah, so, like, they probably did know because they probably had, like, friends who were in London at the time and spread the gossip. 
Okay. I'm sure Mr. Denby would have informed Constancia. Yes, I think so. And then uh, you're, you know many people in this town, so mm -hmm. if it's come as far as Heathford, you would also definitely be okay. okay. So, Calliope, you see your brother and his wife, and no one has said anything just yet. So I think your brother would introduce and say, my, my dearest Calliope, and he, he lets his wife's arm fall from his, and he, he walks forward with his hands extended to take your hands. Oh, my dear Jonathan, uh, what a surprise it is to see you here back in the country. Do you take his hands? Uh, yes, I, I do take his hand. It is with all my heart that I wish to present to you your new sister, Mrs. Jonathan Sandwright. I curtsy toward her and say uh, something a little bit unsure or not quite as loud as I should say, very happy to meet you or something like that. What did she say? <laughs> <laughs> I wish she would um, speak up. It's happy birthday. <laughs> I wish she would speak up. It's very rude to speak so quietly that we can't hear through the door. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know his wife's original name. Uh, let's say... Angelique. Angelique, perfect. Uh, so she says, please, my dear sister... Call me Angelique, if I may also take the liberty to call you Calliope. Oh, gosh. Um, Very. I draw, I draw away displeased, but say nothing. Oh. Jonathan uh, says to you, I hear that you have, uh, have done so well for yourself. You are, you are now hosting balls. Oh, Jonathan, surely you know that I'm only helping to prepare for a ball as our dear aunt uh, is unwell. Yes, yes, I've heard. Uh, how is Lady Kensington these days? I, I hope that she is resting well. I do not think her health would be improved by hearing that she has an unexpected guest. Ooh. <laughs> um, you think that Lady Kensington will expire upon hearing the news? <laughs> I think that that's unlikely, dear. <laughs> but one never knows. Very worried. Very, very worried. Pat, pat, pat. <laughs> Jonathan says, well... There's something that uh, you perhaps could do to, uh, to soothe over the relations between our two families. I know that our arrival today was unexpected, but perhaps if we were invited to join you at the ball, we, it would go a long way to, to mending uh, what, my own, what I admit my own follies have broken apart. Jonathan, you know I have no influence here beyond uh, being a companion, occasional companion to Lady Kensington, but I certainly do not dictate the tastes of the neighborhood. So uh, remind me of your traits right now, Kristen. Um, I'm compassionate and charming, and I have persuasive powers mm -hmm. of rhetoric. So I'm going to say that you have to roll to resist your brother's request. And because you are so compassionate, you're going to take a minus one to that Ooh, one. Yeah, I think that's a good call, actually, Sylvie. All right. Two. 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So this, in this situation, it means that I, as the game master, get to dictate the outcome. While your better judgment tells you that this is a bad idea, your brother's pleas have pierced your heart. And you too wish for him to be reconciled with your family and with the rest of Heathford. You are going to try to take on the task of, invi- of getting him invited to the ball. What? <laughs> exclaims very loudly from the other side of the door, immediately clapping a hand over her mouth. Angelique turns and sees the connecting door and she says, my dear Jonathan, I fear that our conversation is not quite as private as we would have hoped. Constancia reaches over and grabs Anne's hand and drags her out, back out into the hallway, somehow almost tripping over the hallway, rugging in. This will ruin the ball. We can't let her in. We can't I let know. her in. We must do everything in our power to prevent it. Miss Lady Kensington must not be harmed. All right. So, uh, the- in a conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> Kristen. Calliope, you would now have taken on this this other aspect to your character. You have this other goal. Um, Obviously, I can't force you to make that goal happen, but I'm going to encourage you to to embody that in your character going forward. Yeah, nice. I think that's a very um, real outcome of that role because I am so compassionate. Uh, Jonathan and Angelique uh, take their leave, uh, but not before telling you, you know, they are, they are staying with some very discreet friends in town. Uh, and you know uh, that the family that they are staying with uh, has been invited to the ball. It's within your purview to see if they can bring plus ones. You could ask for an invitation outright making a, a big plea to Lord Elias or to Lady Kensington herself. So there are, I think, a lot of different ways you could approach this. You could sneak them in. I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, they take their leave. They walk right by us in the hall. <laughs> I would not look ashamed. <laughs> uh, Angelique kind of gives you a little bit of side eye. Not malicious, but just yeah. like. I look straight at her. Okay. And uh, and Jonathan seems a little bit too distracted to even notice uh, two young ladies glittering about. Glittering? <laughs> I don't. I totally do. Cynthia <laughs> is like looking at a pot of roses. Very <laughs> casual. With, with her back <laughs> to them as they turn. Yep. So um, what do you all do? Calliope's about to come out that door. As soon as she comes out, I rush over to her. And I tell her, Miss Sanride, I know we oughtn't to have, but we were listening and we heard the whole thing. You cannot be seriously considering inviting them to the ball. You know Lady Kensington is in ill health, my dear Miss Sanride. And and I need her to be healthy to help me. Oh, who gives a fig about Lady <laughs> Kensington? It will ruin the ball. Uh, do you have fire say? Oh, for heaven's sake, she's not going to keel over dead. Uh, uh, a maid coming through with a pot of flowers kind of looks at you oh go just take those flowers wherever they belong girl go yes 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 this could ruin the whole ball 
Surely you see that, Miss Sandright. I say coldly, Miss Popwell, do you have some reason to believe my brother is unfit company for the neighborhood? It is not so much your brother, dear, as the company he keeps and brings along with him. Uh, Miss Popwell, I too thought that I kept good company until I realized that the girls I considered my friends held uh, no qualms against listening behind doors at my private conversations. I suppose not all is as it appears when it comes to personal virtue. Oh, 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 Miss Miss Sandright, um, Constancia pipes in. I'm going to be forthright with you. <laughs> um, I tell you that our, our inadvertent listening in through the door may appear to have been selfish in nature, but really, it, it comes from our belief that that you needed support and help in this in meeting this woman of possible ill repute. Um, we were there to support you, not harm you. And now we worry that you are in a dangerous situation. I'm going to have you roll with a minus because that's actually a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Right. So you barely eke it out. But I am going to point out one logical inconsistency that Calliope would note. You didn't know that that woman was going to be there until you listened <laughs> in at the door. And I so, do look somewhat ashamed at my behavior, but... So Calliope, your friends have, have expressed that they really only had your best intentions at heart. And you do believe that that may be the case um, because of the successful, well, actually, no, it's against a, it's against a player character. So Priya got a four and she you- had a five. Oh, minus one. Yeah, minus sorry. one. Uh, you get to roll to see if you believed her. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. All right, let me roll here. See if your magic fingers work. <laughs> I rolled a one. Okay. So, oh, Miss Gate, you're so right. I forgive me for my cruel words. Uh, so you, I won't say you like buy it hook, line, and sinker, but <laughs> what Miss Gates has said has 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 de-escalated the situation. Let's say it that way. And I'm per perhaps surprised that I got away with it. <laughs> and, I, and then Miss Popwell will say, Miss Sanwright. You are correct in that our behavior was not entirely appropriate, and for that you have my apologies. However, I do hope that you understand the importance of this ball, and in deciding to secure your brother and his wife an invitation, you take into account the reputations of all involved with the, its planning. My manner softens towards my two friends somewhat, and I say, I say quietly, um, Miss Popwell, you have my assurance that I will not invite my brother or his wife to this home without the express permission of one of the family members. I appreciate that because unlike some of you, my re good reputation might be all that I have left. And then I turn around and walk back to the breakfast room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, can I say that as this ruminates, my storytelling mind starts mm -hmm. to wonder if maybe Mrs. Jonathan Sandwright has been wrongfully besmirched. Ooh. <laughs> and so conspiracy and wrongness because you know I'm ashamed of listening I'm a proper young lady mm -hmm. and so I start to wonder about this so maybe as we walk away I said do we really know 
that Mrs. Jonathan Sandoid is a bad person? We don't know that she's a bad person, but we do know that she has made decisions that are not exactly proper. But you'd raise a good point, Miss Gaze. Perhaps I should be more kind to her than society has been. So, you uh, are all three proceeding back to the breakfast room? Just to grab our stuff. Although, I don't know what stuff we would have. Like, what do yeah. we carry around? <laughs> I don't know. We have the maid that's running through. We're we like, need- we would like to speak to Mr. Collins. So, is Elias coming with us or not? He kind of equivocated, but did not say no. So, as you walk down the hallway, uh, Elias emerges from the breakfast room and seeing you, realizes that he's not going to be able to make his escape. <laughs> Turns around and runs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he comes to join you and says, oh, yes, I, I, I believe you ladies would uh, benefit from some male supervision uh, this morning. So I, I'm at your disposal. I brighten a bit and say, oh, yes, we must go find Mr. Collins to discuss the decorations. I think we could all use some uh, purpose right now. Lord Elias, uh, Ken, Lord, Lord Kensington, Elias, signals to a maid and tells her, fetch Collins and, and, uh, and bring him to my, um, my study. And he kind of gestures for you three to follow as well. He takes a seat in the study. Do you all want to add anything to the scene? Um, I'm going to stand up to greet Collins when he comes in because I, I mean, I've seen glimpses of him, but we haven't really had a chance to greet each other. Mm-hmm. Like I had said earlier, he was one of the people I was closest to when I was a child, so I'm excited to actually speak with him. Right. So, I guess. so I'm standing. standing. And I think I'm sort of prowling about the room because... Looking um, for secret passageways? A little, <laughs> because this is uh, Lord Kensington's inner sanctum, mm-hmm. and not very many people get to go in there. And so I'm curious to see what, what mysteries he may have hidden. So so I'm casually, like, brushing my fingers over the books yep. um, when he's not looking, maybe peeking at a letter. Yeah. So uh, the the he's sitting at his desk where most of his letters. Oh, are, so I probably would probably do that. Um, but uh, the room is a bit darker than the other rooms in the house. It seems that uh, additional curtains have been drawn here, and by the the layers of dust, you can see that he doesn't allow the maids to come in as regularly as the other rooms. Uh, so it's kind of got that gloomy air that you just love. Man cave. Yeah. It's Regency little, man cave. Yeah. It's got that stank. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, and perhaps when I finally settle in to see, my foot gently kicks a crumpled piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And as Elias is, you know, he tends to drop papers. I, I sort of totally reach and pick it up and hide it between some of my folds of my Oh, my goodness. <gasps> All right. So think about what that piece yeah. of paper is going to say, because I'll let you uh, dictate that. It's probably just more music. <laughs> uh, and uh, Calliope, what, what do you do in this rather dank and gloomy room? I seat myself primly and do not look around me. Okay. Uh, so Collins comes in uh, and, and makes a bow and says, uh, uh, Mary uh, in, instructed me to, uh, to report to you, sir. I understand the ladies may need some assistance. He's like, yes, yes, Collins. Uh, yeah, these girls are, are are looking at decorations for the ball, and uh, I'm sure we have some things from previous years lying about. What do you say? So I will kind of take not invade his personal space, but walk, mm-hmm. take a step closer to Collins. Say, Collins, I'm so delighted to see you for the ball this year. Would have the theme a country dance. Do you know where we might find any appropriate decorations somewhere on the estate? Uh, Collins, within the realm of propriety, does brighten up. 
And Ponce said, oh, Miss Anne, what a pleasure to see you again. I would be delighted to help you. What can I help you obtain? Uh, perhaps, I think, flowers from the gardens. I'll, I'll speak with the gardener uh, and arrange. Do you have any specifics in mind? We were, an, an autumnal sense is what we were going for. Have we ever established what time of year this is? I was just wondering the same thing. Why don't we say it's fall? Because that seems that'll give us some more direct. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Of the autumnal variety. <laughs> oh, of course. I believe that he can certainly bring some very vibrant blooms uh, that uh, in, in the reds and oranges of the season. Perhaps some type of barrels or rustic looking candelabras or candlesticks, some lanterns, something of that nature. Collins thinks for a while. I'm sure that the boys in the stable will be able to supply some barrels and I, I will ask them to wash them appropriately. Of course. Oh, thank you, Collins. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, candelabras, you may have to go into the basements to, uh, to explore what is stored there. I, I can't recall uh, uh, exactly what we have, but I'm sure you'll be able to sort through what is there and come up with something satisfactory. Hearing this, Constantia perks up a little. She's like, are the basements dark? Uh, I am afraid so. Are you, are, I hope this does not discomfort you, Miss Skate, uh, but uh, you will, I will of course be happy to send along a maid uh, to, to guide you uh, and to provide and to hold a, a lantern to make sure that you do not get lost. Oh, I don't think that's necessary, Collins. I think uh, Miss Sandwright and I can accompany Miss Gate, and I assure you, being discomforted by it is probably <laughs> not her reaction to going into the basement. He looks, well, it looks a little embarrassed. <laughs> Collins is perplexed, but he lets it go. And Lord Elias says, yes, yes, Collins, please do not discomfit the staff any further than they need to be. Uh, they all have their duties. Uh, and uh, these three ladies, I think, are perfectly capable of exploring a few rooms within the house by themselves. And Colin says, very good, sir. Why doesn't uh, Lord Elias uh, come with us? Uh, are you asking that? Are you saying that as your character? I'm asking to everybody, like, should we should we make a play for him to come? Because I have some things to say to him privately, and maybe walking around down in the basement is the place to do it. You could remind him that he did promise to help. We could. Ah, say, okay. I could go talk to the people in the stables. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking another opportunity for you to talk to him privately is when we all leave the room for you to casually just kind of hang back. Oh, okay. Okay. I hear you. Why don't, why don't the two, actually, now that I think about it, why don't the two of you go into the basement and Collins, if you wouldn't mind, you can accompany me just briefly to the stables and perhaps we could catch up on the way and I can talk to them about procuring the barrels. Very good, Miss Anne. In which case, I guess we would ask Elias if he wanted to. Okay, so I will follow, Col Collins will take his leave mm -hmm. as appropriate. I will follow him out and then the three of you are left yeah, do we have to roll to see if Elias will come with us? I feel well, like I he, you guys could role play that out. Yeah, he he's already agreed. Agreed. You just have to kind of nudge him. Yes. Um, how about because I know Miss Sandright would like to talk to him, I sort of take the lead here to sort of not make it as obvious. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make amends. <laughs> so uh, Constancia Gate, Constancia, in an effort to make amends, looks uh, inquiringly at Lord Elias, Lord Kensington, and says, perhaps you would be interested in showing us around the basements. I understand there are two or three under this vast estate, and things are sectioned off based on time and mm-hmm. and and family members and and things like that it would be helpful to have a guide down there even though miss popplewell indicated i am not afraid of the dark <laughs> we could perhaps benefit from someone to make sure we do not get lost in the bottom of your home he, he harangues and grumbles but he, uh, you did uh calliope previously convinced him to to help out so um he will agree to to join you before we get to that scene, let's go with Anne to the stables. Um, you're walking along with Mr. Collins about old times. Uh, and as you turn the corner of the house, of the grounds, and you come into sight of the stables, you see Lawrence is there. What a coincidence. I was kind of hoping that would happen. He is working with a stable hand to uh, saddle a horse. He looks like he's about to go for a ride. Mm. And Mr. Collins, as an aside, said, Oh, Miss Anne, I know that you are a learned and independent woman because you went away to study. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a bit dismal here, and I think uh, Mr. Lawrence felt your absence, most of all, the two of you being such good friends. I, I have noted that he has been quite cool to you lately, and I, I hope you will forgive him. He is. He is just a young man, uh, headstrong as they usually are. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Collins. I had got the feeling he hadn't missed me at all while I was gone. Oh, no, I think it is but his pride that is wounded. Well, you know what they say, pride cometh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Collins says, perhaps you'll take a moment to speak with Mr. Lawrence. I will go and and, uh, speak with the stable master. So at this point, Lawrence has seen us walking. He clearly knows I'm going to come over and say hi. He's kind of pretending like he doesn't. Yeah, I kind of take <laughs> very a, interested in the bridal. I kind of take a deep breath because I know it's going to be awkward, but I'm really disappointed that he has not had the same warmth of feeling that I have. And so I'm basically going to give it one more try. And if he still is just clearly not interested in being friends anymore, then I guess that's it. It's very brave of you. Hello, Lawrence. It's good to see you again. I take it you're out for a ride this fine day. And he says, uh, and he starts to say, Anne, and then he says, uh, yes, Miss Poppywell. Uh, it's a fine day for a ride. Any place in particular you're going? I'm here to talk to the stable boys, actually. We need some barrels for the decorations, and I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm still talking. (laughs) Awkward. So what is your... What is your intent with this interaction to get rid of your social embarrassment? Oh, I mean, that would be nice um, as a game mechanic. Yeah. But I just want to be friends. I'm kind of giving it one more go. Like that was kind of one of my big goals with helping to plan the ball was to Mm. rekindle, not romance, but rekindle our really close friendship from when we were kids. Are you 
Well, you're amiable and charming, so you're not really forthright, are you? Because I was like, it's not one of my qualities. I think it goes along with being brave and amiable and charming, but it's not when I'm not going to be like, look, Lawrence, (laughs) we were friends. What's the deal? It's more just like this. I'm going to just kind of try to be as friendly as I can and get him to respond. So he mentions that he is riding towards a place that uh, that you know very well was one of your your special haunts when you were children called the view point (laughs) (laughs) the viewpoint oh and I'm I'm kind of like petting his horse you know stroking the mane like you do when you're standing next to a horse and you need to do something Mm. about Hetherington Ridge oh okay about Godric's Hollow (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to see how many Harry Potter references no I like Hetherington Ridge oh you know, I have so many fond memories of Hetherington Ridge. When I left here for school, it was very difficult at first. I didn't know anyone. I was all alone before I had any friends. And really thinking about all the good times we had really helped me find the courage I needed in the new place. Okay, so roll for break. Three. Three. So you would have gotten a plus one from being brave, but you're still suffering that minus one yeah, social so embarrassment. So you didn't quite make it. That's because I'm not. Well, I'm also, this is kind of like, it is brave. It's a confession to talk about how lonely mm-hmm. I was, but it also is very vulnerable. Yeah. So. so he, I mean, it's not that he's going to laugh in your face, but he says, yes, well, I, I think that when one person when a person makes a decision like that to go away for school they must accept the consequences of that decision and loneliness may just be one of those i pause and i look at him lawrence you know it wasn't really my decision to leave don't you my parents wanted to send me to school so I could have a proper education and be worthy of the status of our family. It was not my choice to leave. He he kind of laughs a little bit, sardonically, and he said, "Oh, is that is is that true?" No. Yes. <laughs> well, damn it! Yes, it is. You can try another tack with him. You already tried brave, and that didn't really I did. fly. Um, he's clearly upset at me because he thinks I left him. What am I gonna do? I so I'm just, you know what? F it. I'm just gonna like full on charm. Let's flirt with him and see what happens. All so right. I put my hand on his clothed arm, yeah. right? And I just say, it was not my choice to leave you, and losing your friendship was one of my deepest regrets. I hope that now that I am back, we can spend more time with one another. Um, for the listeners of the podcast, Maggie did put her hand on her <laughs> arm. Okay, she has I, to fan herself now. <laughs> I mean, adult. Um, okay, so uh, I gazed into her big chocolate brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I look just like Lawrence too. It turns out. Uh, so roll for charming. Oh, that's a four. So you get the plus one from charming. You get the minus one for social embarrassment. I'm going to say that this is definitely a success. Lawrence looks down at your hand and he puts his hand over yours and says, my dear Anne, I fear I have been a bit harsh with you, but your leaving left a a hole 
in the hearts of all of us at Trowbridge. I would not be honest if I didn't say that I was resentful of your absence. Aww. So I was definitely not. So I was definitely just pursuing friendship. But when he puts his hand, I mean, these people do not have a lot of physical contact. Okay. Yeah. So when he puts his hand on top of mine, there's a little fluttering in the stomach, let's say. And so I shyly look down and I say, well, I hope we will have more time to catch up, perhaps at the ball. And then I look up at him oh. wonderingly. He's like, I wonder if you would do me the honor of reserving the first two dances. I would be delighted. That's basically like a pre-marriage just getting married. <laughs> okay, so does my, does my social embarrassment go away now? Your social embarrassment goes away because you basically parlayed the perception of flirting into actual flirting somehow. So yeah, that's how I do. Yep. All right. Okay. Oh, you can. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So then let's just say, I mean, it's presumably he gets on his horse and leaves. Well, Collins comes up and. <clears throat> oh, oh, yes. Well, enjoy your ride. Oh, yes. Uh, you too. I mean, uh, I will see you later. <laughs> and then I follow Collins into the stable and mm -hmm. let's just hand wave. Right. I talk to the stable boys. I'm also very flirty and charming with them. They procure <laughs> me several large barrels that we can place around the room to add to the rustic quality. They'll have sprays of flowers on them. We'll make sure that the barrels are empty. <laughs> they are mostly empty. <laughs> yeah, the stable hands will clean them. They look disappointed to lose their best beer barrel. <laughs> really? Like, um, gentlemen, we need all the barrels we can get. Uh, we'll, but we'll, uh, we'll have this evening to, to empty that out, won't you, miss? Of course. The the ball is not for another three days. <laughs> they, In they fact, kind of... you could say that Lady Kensington herself orders you to fully empty these barrels. Very good. So they give each other the equivalent of a Regency high five as you walk away. <laughs> barrels procured, social embarrassment resolved, relationship with Lawrence mended. And you're gonna get married, no. like it or not. It would make my it would make my mother dancing. very happy. And that, like most young ladies, if something makes my mother very happy, I don't want to do it. <laughs> nice. We'll Hope see. Rachel Riley's we'll listening. See. Hey, <laughs> you have to bring my real mom into this. <laughs> Now let's go back to while this was happening simultaneously. Uh, yes, <laughs> the the three intrepid explorers of the basement. Uh, it is a very very dark area because it is like the, the cover basement. of a gothic novel. Yeah, yes. like he's holding a light and you're like peering out from behind him. And uh, Constancia, this is basically your best life. So <laughs> I'm going to let you uh, take the reins oh, for a minute here. Um, we're standing at the top of the stairs. Yeah. And Elias grumpily grabs the candelabra that uh, Mr. Collins has given him before he and um, his Papa Will went on. And he's like, ladies, well, ladies, follow me. And so Miskate. They slowly creep down the stairs and Constancia notices, much like the hallway to her bedroom, the, the shadows cast along the wall. But unlike the regular candles, which provided ample light, there is only the ability to see two feet in front of you. And before she knows it, <laughs> she's at the bottom of the stairs. And like before, she has to hold herself together so she doesn't trip. 
As I say, does she trip and fall? (laughs) (laughs) So she doesn't trip. But alas, she does gently run into the back of Elias. (laughs) (laughs) And burns down trope. Yeah, there's no ball. We all lose. No. Lawrence perishes in the fire. Which that plus the combination of the breeze uh, coming through the doorway opening winks out one of the three legs <gasps> on the candelabra. Oh. He continues down and he's like, if we turn right over here, we're going past the rugs. But if he casts his candelabra and we see a portrait of a, a stately man next to the rugs with creased lines and Constancia asks, who is that? And Elias says, that is my grandfather. Of course, my father's portrait is upstairs, but as you can see, there's a very striking resemblance between the two men. They were uh, as peas in a pod, as they say. Constantia wonders, though, as a scion of the family, why the grandfather's portrait is downstairs and not hung up in the family gallery. Okay, just for a fun exercise... Kristen, could you also narrate as Miss Sandright the scene coming down the stairs just so we can see if, like, is it this gothic? Is it this gothic? <laughs> Do I narrate what just already happened or a new kind thing? Kind of cover coming down the stairs just to offer a counterpoint to Miss Gates' gothic spirit. <laughs> like, is this what it's really like or is she just being ridiculous? <laughs> What it's really like is that we're going downstairs into a smelly, dark place that's very unpleasant, but not at all scary. And a sound in the corner turns out to be just a mouse. And then as we're going downstairs, this unbelievable woman cannot keep her feet under her for two seconds together. Either that or she's trying to hit on and flirt, you know, become physically, uh, you know, a entangled with uh, my possible lover, which I wouldn't put past her because she is clearly also so low in morals as to listen at doors. Oh, and you would have done just- the same thing. You <laughs> sanctimonious little... <laughs> 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 oh yeah, and then a breeze throws out one of the candles. Big deal, ho hum. That's what okay. happened. <laughs> um, you see this portrait and and uh, he says, uh, Yes, the, the, the likeness is good, but the, the, the artist's eye, not quite what we wanted. As you can see, he looks so pale and tragic. Maybe he's a vampire. <laughs> You're not there, Anne. <laughs> my, my presence is everywhere. <laughs> Constancia goes, maybe he was a vampire. I'm you say inter- that out loud. I'm her internal in monologue. I'm her <laughs> internal monologue. <laughs> okay, good. Good. You say it in your head. That's okay, it. no, I'm sorry. I'll say um, it. I'm realizing now that y'all left Miss Ashworth in the bed. <laughs> 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 that would be a good time oh, no. for her to say, call from the top of the stairs. Hello. <laughs> Everyone um, starts with a phrase. I know. Are you down there? The maid said you were down there. I'm coming down now. <laughs> she flutters down the stairs. The opposite of anything gothic. <laughs> she's like dressed in bright pink. Like she's just floating around, like clipping things, like like 
poking at things like, oh, what's this then? Oh, look at this. Oh, what a terrible portrait. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And like yeah. flitting around. And I think this is enough for Constancia to pull herself out of her reverie. Yeah, she's and really like, yeah. And she mutters under her breath, Mrs. Ashworth. <laughs> <laughs> or not Mrs. Miss Ashworth. <laughs> so I, I can just finish in a regular. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. Well, you can be as gothic as you want. Oh, okay. I didn't want to like derail you. I just thought it'd be funny to have this be like, yeah, it's a dark stairwell. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what I think might work is that uh, because Miss Ashworth is now there, I'm trying, but I'm failing. So here's my trying and failing. With Miss Ashworth behind me, Constancia gently urges the group forward and asks Elias, where are the candelabras? And he, he, he guides them down a, a smaller aisle way. And as he turns, you hear Miss Ashworth pipe up behind them. Like, oh, it's so cozy in here. My goodness. Is that an armoire? What's inside? She's <laughs> constant. Does a dead body fall out? Yeah. <laughs> so finally. Like, oh, costumes, how fun. So finally, they reach the candelabras. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So you have a selection there. Um, it is a bit dark, but um, you can probably, you know, pick and choose. I don't think I'm going to make you roll for candelabras, but um, <laughs> how many do you need? Ten. Ten? One, okay. per, one per couple. Oh. Yeah. How many couples, Christian? I think she said 12 to 14 last time. Fifteen candelabras. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Recognizing the dual purpose of having Elias come down with them, mm -hmm. decides that she's going to turn to Miss Ashworth and say, Miss Ashworth, will you help me pick out 10 to 15 candelabras? Take and, one for the team. And perhaps, Miss <laughs> Sandright, you and Elias can check a little further down because I think I spot some, some orange and brown cloth rolls that we can use to drape over the barrels that might be useful. Perhaps you guys can walk a little ways and talk, and Miss Ashworth and I will, will look at these candelabras. And as I turn towards Miss Ashworth, I spot on one of the candelabras what looks like might be a little bit of blood. And so I lean closer. Okay, <laughs> you all the decorations. It's going to be a Halloween ball. Briefly, <laughs> it's only yeah. so she can go down and talk. Okay, yeah. they don't have to pick the bales of cloth. So, oh, I guess I, I suppose. And you start loading Miss Ashworth down with candelabras. You're pretty healthy, so you can carry a bunch, and she probably can carry some too. So she's just like, oh, okay. I mean, sort of section off another batch so we didn't send the servants down. Oh, that's true. Let's go. So mm -hmm. you, you pick out the ones you want, like we want this this kind and this kind, mm -hmm. and you can send the servants down later to say, mm -hmm. bring all the ones that look like this. Correct. I gotcha. So you're looking through the condo Yeah. There are indeed many bolts of cloth. Uh, along the back wall, and uh, Borelias gestures to you. Um, he lights one of he, he puts one of the candles from his lit candelabra in a candelabra for the other ladies, so they're not left in the dark. But <laughs> then goes on with uh, two candles and with Miss uh, Clyde. and he says something like, "Oh, I always feel that the basement is so uh, so beneath me." <laughs> Basement, this is servants' work. Oh, are you sure you like this guy? Um, so I'm I'm alone with him now, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I turn to him and totally disregard his ridiculous statements and say, Lord Kensington, Elias, we move in very different worlds, despite having grown up on the same estate. Only a few miles are two, separated our two families. Uh, but surely you have fond memories of my brother and I in childhood, although our ages were very different. You certainly came to play with us some days and brought us walnuts, didn't you? Oh, yes. Your brother especially was a, a boon companion when we were but, but boys, but I fear our paths have diverged of late. Indeed. Uh, you relate, I assume, to his recent marriage. Uh, that and his lifestyle before said marriage quite liberal in his tastes, was he not? He was, but sir, he's still a brother and will always be a brother to me. Surely if your own brother Lawrence had been in a similar situation, you wouldn't stop feeling the love that siblings can have for one another as being companions from a very young age can make two people very close. Would you not? I would beg to differ that my brother Lawrence, headstrong though he may be, possesses greater sense than to fall oh, into such company. Oh, certainly. I would, I, I, I'm sorry that I seem to imply otherwise. I, I am completely of one mind with you that Lawrence would never behave in such a way. But I, I, I mean to call, sir, upon your sense of sibling love and how those are bonds that will never break. Don't you, you agree? Are you being compassionate here for your? I'm being compassionate. Charming. I'm being compassionate. Okay. They're trying to make him feel compassionate. All right. So uh, roll uh, for compassion. You might as well try to squeeze water out of a stone, Kristen. <laughs> I, I rolled a four. Okay. So your pleas for his uh, to his brotherly affection uh, do seem to hit home, and his countenance does soften. He says, "Well, I must admit, while my brother and I are not always in agreement on all things, I would do anything to protect him." Oh, that was just that is just what I was hoping you would say, Elias. And um, having heard you express yourself thus. I feel sure that the um, very great favor I have to ask will not fall on deaf ears. My brother is very desirous of being admitted into the society he grew up in once again. And he has asked me, sir, if he can attend the ball as one of Lady Kensington's guests. I would never invite him without the permission of one of the family. So I'm applying to you, sir, because I know how great a heart that you have underneath your quiet demeanor. Okay, so I think that that's excellent. That was good rhetoric, I think. Uh, you turned the, you know, you, you got him to say the yes, and now you're yes stacking. I'm going to make you roll again because it's a different ask from your previous. But uh, depending on what you roll, I might give you an additional bonus because you did get him on your side a little bit. Okay, well, I did roll a two. Oh, <laughs> okay, no. so you get plus one from rhetoric. I'm going to give you the plus one for the yes stacking. Barely convinced him. <laughs> he says, well, my dear, 
<gasps> I feel. I know. Were I in your situation, um, I do understand, you know, the compassion that we feel for our siblings can sometimes supersede what strict society would dictate. I fear that the decision is not mine alone to make, but I will support you in entreating my mother to allow your brother to attend. Oh, thank you so much, Elias. I know how much you would wish everyone connected to you, whether by family or by marriage, to have a comfortable situation in life. Hint. Yes. <laughs> when you mention marriage, he blushes slightly and he says, oh, there's a bit of rough uh, terrain here. Allow me to help you. And he takes your hand <gasps> for just a moment and then let's go. Because yes. otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, that's like you're alone in the dark with him. That's like you start screaming. For someone who is being very judgy about someone else's choices, he is standing alone in the dark with you. Oh, that's true. true what if uh, Miss Gates trips and falls and knocks his face into your bosom? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, we could totally have it that you guys are standing. Both of you realize at the same time you're standing in the dark and he you can feel his breath on your cheek. And then you realize Miss it's Gates, a dead body. And then, <laughs> and then, then Miss Gate and Miss Astro or Miss Astro's voice goes, open and open my bosoms fall out. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Kristen, that's a classic Maggie quote. It's, mm. Oh, Kristen. It's from oh, yeah. their own with Madonna. I've been a moment during the, the game. My, oops, my uniform burst open and oops, my bosoms come flying out. That you, could bring in the crowds, right? Anyone in the crowd has not seen your bosoms? Yeah, you think I'm in a country who haven't seen your bosoms? Yeah, it's a joke, Kristen. I say it all the time. Oh, girl. You need to come hang out here more. You're missing all my standard jokes. <laughs> oh, no. I've, no. Sorry, I've never heard of by the way, totally just looked at my boobs. Of course. <laughs> of course. They're <laughs> under discussion. It's totally acceptable they're to really look at someone's boobs while they're under discussion. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, so. Moving on. <laughs> this you, is why people listen to the podcast, you guys. That is true. <laughs> for Maggie's bosoms. No, for the jokes. For the jokes. The, there is a romantic moment between you and Lord Elias. That we have ruined. <laughs> uh, that, but the tension is soon broken by the interjection of Miss Ashworth's shrill voice. And honestly, you're probably a little bit relieved, right? You don't want to have an awkward moment uh, with someone you wish to be very uh, respectable with. So um, do you find any bolts of cloth do you, that, that are to your liking? Say yes. Yeah. Right. They are not porn. So, so uh, Lord Elias very gallantly uh, offers to carry these bolts himself uh, as long as you will take the candelabra and you all four make your way back upstairs. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. I would say that all of this has probably taken a couple of hours, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's probably lunchtime. The cook, per your requests, is planning on providing a cold supper for the family 
the day before the ball? Is that the only time? I think it was just the day before. I think it was just the day before so she could have that extra time to do, like, the full-on. Because you wouldn't do yeah. a lot of, like, the hot prep, like. Right. You yeah. do, like, all the, and the mise en place. <laughs> Early, like, you'd have them chop everything up and, and have it ready. But you wouldn't actually do the cooking. Okay. Until the so, day, the, so. so the so the, the kitchen is still fully operational. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are going to have a regular luncheon. Did you want to role play out the luncheon? Did you want to move past it? So it is luncheon, but I think we can say that we spend the rest of the day sort of still dealing with the decorations. We need to make sure that things are pulled out of the basement, start polishing them up. I mean, the staff will do a lot of this, but we're still going to be responsible. Organizing the laundry. Right, exactly. Like um, Constancia mentioned, there will be guests arriving soon. So the rest of day four is focused on decorations and organization, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I love organization. Um, so let's fast forward to the morning of day five. Okay. It is, we finished breakfast mm-hmm. and the ladies are going to head into town. To Nelson's. To Nelson's. We need to get um, accessories, things to brighten up the outfits that we've brought, the gowns. Miss Ashworth needs to pick up her gown. And make sure it's ready. How fine a day is it, Miss Sandride? Miss Sandride, would you care to walk to town or would you prefer to ride? I always prefer to ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? I do. I hate walking. I always make Kevin drive me everywhere. <laughs> that is Kristen, right? <laughs> yes, it's, it's, this is so Kristen talking. Sandride, who is this Kevin? <laughs> oh my I'm god! Sorry. sorry to break character. Yes, the dark yes. candidate for her hand. I, I, um, I'm feeling a little hoarse in my throat and feel that the carriage would insulate me from further exposure to drafts. We squeeze into one carriage and take off to yeah. Nelson's. The the tailor, Mr. Nelson, is very happy to see four ladies. It means that he is going to. Uh, do some good business today. Uh, right off the oh, Miss Ashworth, uh, just in time, I believe. Uh, my girl is putting the finishing touches on your gown. If you would like to take a look, and she titters off, <laughs> goes to see that. Trying to spare you all, Miss Ashworth, and my throat. My God, <laughs> somewhere I just now because we always say titters. Mm-hmm. I just I just picture her like oh. <laughs> <laughs> just this like constant noise she makes. Yes, exactly. And you all have brought some of your own gowns for mm-hmm. modifications. In strides a, a thin young man with a Grecian nose, a Roman nose. I don't know how no, to say that. Long, uh, big, and, long nose. Yeah, big nose. Uh, a long, thin neck. Uh, and uh, as he t- looks around the room, he says. Goodness me, Miss Gate! And he comes over and greets her warmly. Miss Gate looks up into his face briefly, curtsies, and says, Mr. Denby, how nice and lovely is it to see you? Whatever are you doing here? Oh, well, you know, one's travels take them to so many places. Uh, I just happened to be passing through and I had no idea. Uh, Who are your charming friends? Why? These are my two friends. We are together, oh, my three friends. We are together planning the uh, Kensington Ball in a, in a few days. This is, may I introduce you to Miss Popowell and Miss Sandright 
and Miss Ashworth. Curtsy. How do you do? How do you do? Yeah. Bow, bow, bow. Miss like, Sam- oh, the pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. Miss Popplewell shoots a look, a look at Miss Sanright of somewhat confusion and leans over and whispers while they're discussing. <coughs> I thought she said he looked like a weasel. He seems much more attractive than that to me. He pulls you aside and he says, my, my dear Constancia, I, I do wish to be forthright with you because I know that is a, a, a trait you value. Lady Kensington has uh, written to Lord Englebrook. I don't know the specific details of their correspondence, but upon hearing that you were residing with her, I thought you might need the assistance of a friend. And so I have made arrangements to stay uh, at the inn for a certain time, um, and I hope you will not find my presence invasive. Uh, Constancia does not say anything for a moment. Her heart is pattering very loudly, and she feels a a tingle of fear, which she mistakes for fear of him being too, too personal when it's really him, like her feeling affection. She, she says, Lady Kensington has written to Uncle. Oh, I must I must go and write to Uncle immediately. I know he's coming tomorrow, but maybe he can tell me what she has said. And I sort of like ignore the part where he says he's come to help me. Right. He goes, My dear, perhaps that is not the, the best course of action. I know that uh, Lord Englebrook is the soul of discretion. Uh, as you know, he has kept your private life private all low these many 19 years. Uh, I doubt that he would likely uh, air your business in such a manner. Uh, perhaps wait until you can have a private conversation with him when he arrives. That That is good advice. So uh, Constancia, it sounds like she is... Uh, She's having this conversation with uh, this young man. He seems to be pretty re- reasonable and uh, be guiding her in a, potentially a more conservative course of action. You have presented Mr. Nelson with your gowns and your requests for modifications. Do you all have specific ideas about what needs to be done or? Let's say mine needs to be let out just a bit because I have been enjoying the Mm -hmm. Kensington State cook, perhaps a little too much. Uh, Miss Sandwright doesn't like to walk anywhere, so unfortunately Uh I have not been as active as I usually am at home. Okay. So perhaps my gown needs to be let out just a bit. Okay, and then Constancia? I think um, because my uncle has provided well for me, Mm -hmm. I think my dress is nearly there. What I need is a few extra embellishments for for my hair or for my bonnet because you wouldn't really be wearing your bonnet during the ball Mm -hmm. um but so for my hair and so i'm asking him to show me a few combs okay and then uh we don't know what miss sandwright's dress needs but let's say it needs you know some you know the 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 hem needs to be taken in he says well ladies uh, I would love to be able to help you all, but there's a limited amount of time. I don't know if I can accomplish all of these tasks, you know, in time for the ball. Miss Popwell's eyes grow large because clearly her, as large as her waistline, apparently, um, and she starts to look very nervous. Uh, perhaps Miss Gates, 
instead of using the services of Mr. Nelson, you and I could perhaps work on your gown this evening and attach the necessary accoutrement ourselves as I need my gown let out or I will have nothing to wear. If I offer to help you, would that be an acceptable proposal? So it's up to you whether you guys want to roll for this or if you just want to agree. It's up. It's either way. Oh, let's just, I feel like rolling would make okay. it more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, like, how it goes. I can also So I'm trying to be um, I mean, charming here. Winning the roll you. just means you dictate what happens. Yeah. It doesn't mean. Okay, well, I rolled a five. Okay. okay. So if I get to dictate the outcome, I will say that Miss Gate, while recognizing the horror, the gothic <laughs> horror that would result from a young lady having absolutely nothing to wear, Oh, at a gown, and because we've been such good friends, acquiesce to doing a little DIY on her gown. Yes. So I just, I, I take the items to decorate from. I will use my pocket money to purchase one of your ribbons oh. in exchange. Oh, well, that is, that is all too kind. Oh, it is the least I can do for you letting Mr. Nelson focus on my gown. So I think you get a uh, mark towards a good grace for being so amiable as to oh, buy her okay. a ribbon. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's wait for Kristen to get back, and then I have returned. Okay, okay great. Miss um, Ashworth comes out twirling her beautiful gown, and it's really the the height of how does fashion. she how does she look in it? Does she actually look really good? I mean, she's okay. <laughs> the gown is like baller, okay. and everyone just a little pinch of jealousy. Yeah, we're all jealous. She's got money y'all mm. well what do you think my friends you look lovely oh stop <laughs> oh miss ashworth you look like a heroine in your own novel oh thank you wondering what lawrence will think of miss ashworth in her dress and then wondering why it bothers her so Ooh. All right, so you pack up your purchases. Um, Miss Popwell is leaving her dress behind for tailoring, uh, and it will be delivered. Oh, thank uh, goodness. You know, as soon as it's, it's available. Uh, so Mr. Denby is still there and, and uh, offers to escort you ladies uh, on your next errand or back to the carriage or what have you. Perhaps back to the carriage because we have to begin decorating right. i think or, or supervising decorating we don't decorate dear okay. uh, and uh so he's heard you talk of this ball oh no it's awkward now when you talk about the party in front of someone who's not invited to the party <laughs> so he said, oh it sounds like quite a charming charming event you all are are planning oh it sounds like it will be quite the the the, the ball of the year giving you high praise. We're all like looking around at everything but him. <sighs> well, Mr. Denby, perhaps we could entreat our hostess to extend an invitation to you as a dear friend of Miss Gate. No promises, but we can certainly inquire. I, I would not dream of imposing, but if, if such an invitation were issued by the kind lady of the house, I would, of course, be uh, overjoyed to accept that he bows very low. And Constancia, her cheeks pink a little bit. <laughs> Perhaps an inkling is starting to get through her brain now that progress has been made with Lady 
Kensington, and I, I fumble with my reticule Aww. a little, and I said, that would be lovely. <laughs> he bids you off on your carriage. Uh, Mrs. Ashworth looks at him, and she's just like, <gasps> that bitch. She's just got her eye on everybody. She, when you get into the carriage, she says, Oh, that Mr. Denby was so handsome, don't you think? <laughs> and as you are approaching Miss uh, Calliope's home, uh, James Frazier emerges, the curate's office, because he, he works there. The wearing first- a shirt. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember, everyone. Sidebar: James Fraser looks, looks like, like James, James Fraser from Outlander. Uh, is yeah. he wearing a kilt? Uh, I'm going to have to say no. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he, oh, okay. How about this? Yes. If he shows up at the ball, he will. We invited him. He gets to wear his kilt, formal kilt. He is Scottish. Is that allowed? Is that a thing that they yeah, would do? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So I'm uh, just saying it is. <laughs> we need more kilts tra- in this. I'm story. trying to think. Would a curate be doing any physical labor at this point? No, he's, he's carrying a lot wood. of heavy books. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Curates actually weren't that uh, like wealthy. They were sort of like he would have been cutting his own firewood. No, I mean he has a shirt on, guys. I was just kidding. Okay. All right. <laughs> Selby's trying really hard to make this work. Okay. He, he's, oh, I misplaced my shirt. <laughs> I misplaced my shirt. <laughs> so, Kristen, you see him there, and he probably he sees you through the window of the carriage. Does the sight affect you at all? Yes, the sight does affect me. I feel a pang. Yes. Uh, and he he hesitantly lifts his hand to to wave you wave at you. I instruct the driver to stop the carriage. Oh, okay. Because I cool. see Miss Sandwright, so we can halloo right. at Mr. Fraser. So the carriage stops. I will alight here to check on my family. All three of us still in the carriage, including Miss Ashworth, all look at each other like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Miss Ashworth, who can't help but put her oar in, says, Don't be too long, Miss. Miss Sandwright. <laughs> <laughs> you hear her tittering as the carriage rolls away. Wait, are we leaving her there? Uh, are we leaving? Uh, no. no, she hates walking. We can't leave her there. Okay. <laughs> Let me give her a minute. Okay. So you meet uh, James Frazier at the gate, and he said, uh, he says, Oh, I'm I'm sorry to say, uh, Miss uh, Sandwright, you have uh, you have just missed your father. Um, he has gone to read the last rites uh, for a local family. I'm so sorry you missed him. Oh, dear. Well, despite missing my father, I'm still quite happy to see you. Aww. He, he looks down at his hands and he says, I, I must admit that I, I have, uh, have wondered how you've been uh, managing at the, at the large house. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that my my absence has affected you so. <laughs> he blushes, and he doesn't deny that your absence has affected him. Uh, so, Kristen, what is your I guess what's your goal for this interaction as a player? 
Like you've sort of flirted with uh, heavy flirting with Elias now in the basement. But it seems like you really also like this guy, but just in a different way. Yeah, I don't know. Like I actually have gone back and forth because I thought my goal was to make a good match and marry Elias, but I have feelings for my childhood friend and longtime crush, the curate of the parish. So um, I have not decided what I'm going to do. I guess it depends on how James Fraser behaves in relation to Elias. Like if he could be very like polite and nice and concerned for my welfare and, and a good conversationalist, blah, blah, blah. He would really put himself ahead as far as whether or not I wanted to get married to him. Okay. So he will say, I was, uh, I was actually a bit surprised to find that uh, I was included upon in the, in the invitations, uh, though I suppose it was uh, a courtesy on the part of the lady of the house to, uh, to include all the, the clergymen uh, for her estate. I say, on the contrary, uh, Mr. Fraser, I specially requested that you be included in the invitation. There's nothing I would like more than to dance with you like we did as children. Oh. I, I was wondering then if you might reserve the first two dances for me. What? I wish I could hear what they were saying, Miss Kate. <laughs> you, can, you can hear what I'm saying. Oh, we can hear you? I thought you yeah. had like walked a bit away from the carriage. Yeah. Yeah. Did we know that Elias had also asked you? I don't think she's I don't think, mentioned. yeah. So we're just like, <gasps> But Elias asked me for Mr. Beverage's maggot. But he also asked you for the first two dances. Oh, right? did he? Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say that and James Frazier is going to be really mad. Okay. So I'll say, sir, um, would you like to roll to try to get him not to be too, so mad at you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, think about how you're saying it, what trait you're going to activate. Okay, I will activate my charm and say, sir, though I would like nothing more than to reserve the first two dances for you. They have unfortunately been claimed, but politeness towards my host has in inclined me to accept the first two dances an offer from uh, Lord Kensington. However, any other two dances, I would be happy to reserve to, to you. You know how much I would much rather be dancing with you. On the, oh. the mention of Lord Kensington, his hand on the wooden gate clenches <gasps> and you hear the wood creak slightly. He's so strong. So please go ahead and roll. Roll for charming. Okay. Maybe he's a werewolf. <laughs> no, I think what I would be like, he seems to be a bit angry. He, he's I rolled a six. He's prove a villain, will he? He'll be a murder. All right. Of course so. she did. <laughs> she's, been, she's been on and off today. So, Kristen, are you lying when you told him you'd rather dance with him? I'm a little mixed up. Okay. okay. So, he is... He is swept away uh, by your charm, and he says, uh, of course, I understand that uh, a lady of your breeding's good manners uh, sometimes uh, lead her away from uh, doing what she would truly wish to do. 
perhaps we could dance the dance uh, just prior to supper. And so then we would have some time to converse over our meal. Why, that sounds lovely. Oh, I would be only too charmed. And I hope then that I will also be able to dance at least one other dance with you throughout the night, though I won't impose upon your uh, sense of obligation to reserve anything else. So <laughs> he's saying to you, okay, I'm gonna reserve one dance with you. If you really like me, maybe we'll have another dance. Falls in your court. Yeah, don't don't fill up your dance card. Without I like it. Yeah. Let's say we get we head back. Right. I am just looking at my Miss Ashworth, whatever. <laughs> She's tittering to herself. <laughs> but I look at Miss Gate and Miss Sanray and I'm ladies, <laughs> you have been holding out on me. <laughs> you both have bows already. Uh Constantius looks slightly confused. Whatever do you mean? Miss Popplewell. Oh, please, Miss Gate. Any simpleton could see that Mr. Danby is totally enraptured with you. He, he does seem to pay quite a bit attention to me, but I have other important things to think about, and so sometimes he's such a bother. <laughs> well, Miss Gate, I don't pretend to be the wisest person in the world, but perhaps I may offer you a piece of advice. Do not focus so much on your past that you neglect to think about your future. Oh, that's some good advice. I'm going to give you the other half to get a social grace for that because that is very Regency. Constantia looks troubled for a moment and then starts thinking about maybe she's been too overly dramatic with her life so far and wonders if maybe she's been reading too much. Reevaluating <laughs> <laughs> everything. <laughs> and Miss Sandwright, am I mistaken, or is your good friend, Mr. Fraser, perhaps more than just a friend? It's just we a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, this is like a direct. I'm doing it. Yeah, so um, why don't you roll? I'm not gonna give you, you don't have forthright, so no. it's just a straight roll. It's a one. <laughs> You don't have to answer, but roll also uh, what you... She can. Well, she can answer if she wants. That's true. So, uh, Kristen, roll a d6 to see how you take this very direct question. I rolled a five. Okay. So, you get to dictate the outcome of this. Does she... Do you put her... Do you, do you kind of dissuade her? Do you uh, admit to it? Do you... You know what? I think I really need some advice right now. So, I'm going to go ahead and admit to it. Ah. And so I'll say, I will, um, you know, I know that we're, we're new friends, but I feel that I can trust you and, and I could really use some feminine advice and counsel on this matter. I feel that I have known and loved James Frazier since my childhood, but it's time to put away childish things. And my father cannot afford to give me a dowry. So I must be thinking about my position in life and whether or not I can marry someone who can afford uh, the lifestyle I've been accustomed to. My heart is very much divided. I have two strings to my bow right now. The man that I've loved for a long time, James Frazier, or the man that I am starting to have feelings for and who is very wealthy, Elias Kensington. Miss mm. Ashworth chimes in. You must be sensible. 
how can you live with a poor, poor curate for your life? You'd, you'd have to do your own washing. Can you imagine? <laughs> and you remind her, I mean, you have been sort of doing, living that lifestyle for a little bit, right? Because the dad's the... Yeah, so she, yeah, so dad is a clergyman, but the curate is even, even lower. lower. Yeah. And she says, and does he have any prospects of his own appointment? Right now, it looks like he won't. So there's no one to prefer that honor on him. My dear Miss Sandright, I don't think there's anyone in this carriage who doesn't understand the position you're in of having to choose between your heart and choose between being comfortable. I don't. Sandra <laughs> <laughs> looks over at Miss Astros and says, shh. However, it does seem that you're not sure which is which in this case. Perhaps the best course of action at this point is to wait and see what transpires at the ball when you are confronted with both young gentlemen. Uh, so I can make, uh, can see a direct comparison between them and allow my heart to decide. Yes, uh, Miss Popwell, I think that is very wise. <sighs> I hope that I'll have someone to dance with at the ball. Lawrence asked me for the first two dances, you know, but I don't even know if he really likes me at all. Constancia looks over aghast. <laughs> of course Lawrence likes you. I have been seeing it in the way he laughs at your jokes at the breakfast table. And it is it is the true literary design. Like, he ignores you. So it's like all great literature where the hero ignores <laughs> the heroine. He, so you're he, saying when, that... And, and pray tell, when did he ask you for the first two dances? Oh, it was when we were met by the stable. Oh, didn't I say? <laughs> so what you're saying is, I can tell that he likes me because he ignores me. <laughs> that sounds right to me. Oh, I see. Well, ladies, I think that we can all agree that this ball will be very interesting indeed. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Hey, and Constantia Gates says, Gates says briefly, perhaps the ignoring part is advice that well into the future women will learn is incorrect. <laughs> but for now. <laughs> I think you, we've had good romance plots this section. Any other interactions that you guys wanted to? Um, well, we, we, we should get Denby an invite. We need mm -hmm. to finish getting Jonathan. Maybe we should finish getting everyone their invites by talking yeah. to Lady Kensington one last time. So maybe Lady Kensington comes down to talk to all of us to be like, just check balls in. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner. Yep. Let's say it's dinner. Uh, uh, Lady Kensington has made a rare appearance. She does look in better health. Then you saw her several days ago. Uh, she it looks very keen to discuss the preparations for the ball and is pleased with your progress so far. Uh, I knew that I could entrust you fine young ladies to, to put on the best ball we've had uh, in Trowbridge since we've begun our little tradition. Don't you agree, Elias, Lawrence? Uh, Elias kind of mumbles something, yeah, it's fine. And Lawrence is like, I've actually been very impressed with everyone's endeavors. And he smiles at him. 
Oh, and I just kind of blushed and looked down a little bit. Lady Kensington, there are a few additional invitations, possible invitations that have come to our attention. One is, unexpectedly, Miss Sandright's brother and wife are in town. And we would we would like your consideration to invite him. After all, trouble between the family is never good for gossip. And it would perhaps be good to welcome them back on a preliminary basis by inviting them to your ball. So I think that because you are forthright, this was said with a little bit less delicacy mm -hmm. than otherwise. But uh, Elias Kensington, uh, all aware of the promises that he has made to Miss Sandright, will chime in to assist. So roll your dice and see what you get so far, because you got you have it at minus one. Oh, one. Um, Lady Kensington is quite taken aback by this unexpected request, uh, and she presses her napkin to her mouth. Uh, all uncertain about how to respond. But Lord Elias uh, steps in and says, uh, Mother, perhaps uh, our dear young lady's enthusiasm for, for mending fences within our family should be taken into account in this uh, unusual request. I do believe that uh, all of these young ladies are keeping our best interests at heart and while it may seem somewhat unusual to welcome such a man as Jonathan Sandride back into our company, would it not be the compassionate thing to do? And I say quietly, having families whole is always a good oh thing. <laughs> this is good strategy, though, because she set it up, and now, Kristen, you can hit it home. Okay, so... Do you have anything to add, Kristen, Calliope? Um, Surely Lady Kensington, uh, I, well, Lady Kensington, I, I know that this suggestion may seem unusual, but I also know you have a great fondness for my brother, Jonathan, as he uh, always made a Christmas wreath for you every winter when he was a child, and you always displayed it on your Christmas table. And he was, I hear, one of, very favored by you at one time. I have such fond memories of my brother, and I know you must as well. And I know we all want to see everyone connected with us be accepted into society. Okay. That was good. Yeah. That's good, because it also works on my benefit, because I'm... Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I well, like how you... And, and I don't think this. you two... I think you two have sort of slowly started to realize that because I've never explicitly said it's Lady Kensington. I said yeah. it's just someone. I yeah. think my my overt worry about her has given you an inclination. Mm -hmm. You did have a private chat with her the other day, too. Yeah. Which is not common. You're not subtle. At <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the <laughs> dramatic. Uh, so, uh, Kristen, I think that's rhetoric. Does that make sense for lovely. you? Yeah. And uh, do you have a grace point to spend or anything like that? Because this is a big, big one. I don't think so. Okay. Why don't you uh, roll and add a plus one? A uh, three. Okay. I did it with a plus one. It is a, a success, Sweet. right? So Lady Kensington's eyes soften slightly and she lowers her napkin and she says, 
well, perhaps it is time to put the past in the past uh, and accept that we all have made mistakes in our lives. She seems a bit retro introspective when she says this. And that... Uh, that it is the Christian thing to forgive. Oh, yes, the Christian thing to do. She, she looks at you, uh, my dear Calliope, it would be my pleasure to extend an invite to your brother. I know that you personally will be, you have attested to his uh, discretion, his decorum, and the behavior for both he and his wife. Mm, so I'm going to be responsible for it. That is so clever. While this is a relief to you, it also puts a bit of a burden on you and while you're trying to juggle a lot of balls in the air. So that should be interesting. Um, so then they're still dendy. Yes. I got you. Okay. Miss Popwell looks at Miss Gate, pats her on the hand, dabs her napkin. Oh, Lady Kensington, speaking of extending invitations, we ran into a Dear friend of Miss Gate here in town, a, uh, what was this? Oh, Mr. Denby. He was so friendly and amiable, and we thought it might be nice for Miss Gate to have one of her childhood friends in attendance. Would you be willing to extend an invitation to him as well? Mr. Denby, that name sounds familiar. Is he an acquaintance with my good friend, your guardian? Yes, he has of late been in training to be his one of his secretaries. Oh, that sounds, uh, I'm sure we could make uh, allowances. Uh, it will also help balance the numbers of, of, of uh, gentlemen versus ladies. I, I don't have any specific reason to deny such a request. Oh, yes, Lady Kensington, you are so wise. For a ball with a mismatched number of partners is no joy for anyone. Very good, very good, my dears. And she kind of looks around a little bit sarcastically and she says, anyone else need <laughs> last moment? Miss Ashworth starts to open her mouth and I step, <laughs> I step on her toe really hard oh. under the table. Miss Popperwell, I don't know if you noticed, but you trod upon my foot just now. Oh, I'm so <laughs> So should we say that there is everyone sitting around the table eating dinner in eager anticipation? Is the ball the next day or is there going to be, a, there's a, still a day for prep, right? I feel like the ball should just be. Let's just make it the next day. Yeah, let's just do it. So we're all in eager anticipation. Eating your cold supper, but what still the, enjoying What the it. next day will bring. Lives will be shattered and remade. <laughs> Fortunes will be made and lost, and love will be. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. Uh, and perhaps general. there will be a murder. And perhaps. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> so we're going to stop the live broadcast and eagerly plan for our third and final installment of Regency Days. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us and joining us on this little experiment. I think it's been really fun. Uh, we're all enjoying it. I hope you are. So, uh, Kristen, how do we say goodbye? We have delighted you long enough. Bye. Bye. Bye.